In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. If I told you that our first reading at Mass this weekend was taken from the Book of Wisdom, what would you guess would be the topic of the reading? Well, if you thought anything other than wisdom, you wouldn't be very wise, because our first reading is about wisdom. Quote, The deliberations of mortals are timid and unsure are our plans. Yet the author says that God gives wisdom that we might have our paths made straight. This wisdom is sent as a Holy Spirit from on high. And from the earliest times, Christians pointed to this verse as demonstrating how wisdom can be equated with what we know today as the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. This is the only time in three years which we'll hear from St. Paul's letter to Philemon. The letter itself is super short. It contains just 25 verses. But the story behind the letter is anything but brief. A slave named Onesimus has, for whatever reason, left his master named Philemon. He seeks out St. Paul, yet now Paul is sending him back to his master Philemon and with this letter in hand. The most common theory about the slave, named Onesimus, is that he ran away. Yet other scholars ask that if Onesimus was on the run from the law, wouldn't he want to keep far away where, like the opposite of that bar from the TV show Cheers, no one knew his name? Instead, Onesimus finds Paul. And this could be because a certain Roman law at the time said that a slave could have one of his master's friends act as an advocate on his behalf. Although Onesimus might have run away, the more likely possibility, at least in my own estimation, is that he had some sort of falling out with Philemon and thought Paul could mediate for him in the issue whenever he returned. Just like the name Matthew means gift of God, the name Onesimus means useful. It could have been the slave's given name at birth, or it could have been the name he received when he was acquired by his master. Either way, St. Paul crafts a magnificent play on words in this short letter, which we unfortunately have omitted in our excerpt. He says that Onesimus formerly was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. Why? Because as Paul says, Onesimus has now become a Christian, since he mentions him as the one whose father he has become in his imprisonment. Jesus is telling two different parables in our gospel this weekend, but they both have more or less the same point. Don't start something if you're not willing to go all in. A major clue to why he tells these parables is how our gospel passage begins. You'll hear the priest or deacon at Mass begin the gospel reading by saying that great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. Jesus is attracting throngs of followers, but he wants them to pause for a moment and deliberate. Do I really want to be a disciple? Because after all, as Luke mentions multiple times in this gospel, Jesus is headed to Jerusalem to suffer and be killed. In the first parable that Jesus tells, he asks that if someone wants to construct a tower, doesn't that person first sit down and calculate the cost before starting to build? Back in the time of Jesus, towers were built by landowners for the purpose of surveying their territory and spotting potential thieves, both the two-legged and four-legged kinds. But if someone starts to build a tower and then runs out of the resources to finish it, leaving it halfway done, then the onlookers would laugh at him and say, this one began to build but didn't have the resources to finish. Jesus then tells a second parable that's very similar to this first one. 
This one is about a king marching into battle. Before he initiates the battle, the king needs to decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king, advancing upon him with 20,000 troops. And if he doesn't think he can pull this off, then that king needs to send a delegation to ask for peace terms. It's no wonder, then, that Jesus prefaces these parables by saying that whoever does not carry his own cross and comes after him cannot be his disciple. By these two parables, Jesus is saying to this big crowd of people following him that if they're not ready to give everything to be a disciple, or maybe they don't think they have what it takes, then they might as well not even start. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this 23rd Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year C. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.